0: So welcome back from the desk below. Man, as you know, man, this show has been early on your favorite underground producer, your favorite underground MC, Right here, the gentleman you see in front of me right now, I found through one of my favorite artists. Now, when I did my research on him, I realized, man, he's a really humble guy, man. He, He should be way more cocky than what he should be, though. But it's only great to share my platform with him. And as you all know that if you're familiar with his name from the title, his influences are from the likes of Alchemist, Lex Luger, Southside, and there's plenty more now. And if you do know his name, you know he had plenty of production with Floyd Banks, R.J. Payne, upcoming production of Shane Noir. Man, I want to introduce the one and only Cartoon Beats. How you doing, bro? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Or right, anytime, sir. A man of your talent deserves his recognition. Because right, we always say the producer deserves as much shine as the artists. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime. Sir. So when I did my research on you, sir, were you born in Harlem?
1: Yes, I was. Um, I was born on, on 140th and Lennox Avenue. So not too, well, pretty much a street away from where, um, you know, Big L was living at the time. And um, that's, you know, that's where I grew up for a little bit. Um, I bounced around a lot, too. I ended up moving a couple of times. But, um, yeah, up until I was about 10 or 11, that's where I lived.
0: Okay, because I'm not from familiar with New York, but uh, when I heard that you were from 140 or from Lenox, I'm like, isn't that Cameron's old block? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's the depth that's the right there. If you're not familiar with the show, which you should be. Um, so when you're coming up in Harlem now, what's a young man like you get? How do you get into producing? And I understand that you're, you're growing up in a household of a twin brother. So you get to experience way more experiences when you have that sibling the same age. So how did you guys get into hip hop?
1: Um, well, we were always in the hip-hop. I have two older brothers that were always in the hip-hop and, you know, we were younger and, you know, technically not supposed to be listening to some of the uh, the hip-hop, but, you know, they'd be home babysitting us and, you know, they played it a lot. Um, so we were familiar with hip-hop at a very, uh, early age, um, you know, and, um, we kind of, we always, uh, like, we always had something musically in our family. Like my mom, she played the bass guitar. Um, so, really, we just got into hip-hop by, by listening. I didn't start actually making beats until, like, seriously until about, you know, 2011. But I had the FL Studio program that I used. I had that um, probably, I think I had that in, like, 2008, 2000, 2000, yeah, 2007, 2008, just sitting around on my computer, not really doing much. But, um, yeah, music, you know, kind of ran throughout our family
0: okay so like when when you listen to an experience in hip-hop when you're discovering all these new artists like did you always know he's like I want to make beats So it's like did you want to rap first
1: um there was like a small stint where you know um you you know you kind of joke around like rapping and stuff like that but um I never actually wanted to be here yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I never actually wanted to be um a rapper I just you know I thought it was like cool and you know, being able to like rhyme words and tell a story, I always thought that was like cool and impressive. but never actually wanted to be a rapper myself. Um, I was heavy into like sports and basketball and, you know, I was an athlete, you know, pretty much my whole life. So that was the main thing for me. Because yeah, I understand like you didn't really start taking producing
0: serious because I understand that you were doing basketball. You were playing two guard. Yes so when when growing up because i'm not i'm not gonna ask for you your age though but when you're growing up who are some of the artists that you were listening to growing up um
1: like g unit lloyd banks nas like oh, so over the same area right now okay <laughs> um but yeah a lot of um a lot of like you know the um like the camerons the you know um a lot of the new york-based artists but also um like Ludacris, T.I., um, Little Flip, TI, Little Flip, Little Wayne, a lot of like the lyrical down south artists as well. So we, I was always um, you know, pretty broad with like you know my listening spectrum. I didn't just listen to uh, like one particular like you know kind of rap or hip hop. Yes, because you're experiencing it. It's like damn, like that's what like. The early years
0: of hip-hop really strike you because you remember growing up what you discovered at that certain, like you remember where you were at that certain time and you hear like something, for so it's like, I remember where this was. Absolutely, yep. Now, did you have a particular favorite artist growing up? Um,
1: that's tough. Um, you can name like top three, let's say. When I was like younger, when like, you know, like 10, 11, uh, Nas was definitely one of them not my favorite um but you know it kind of I listened to so much music it would kind of change as I you know listened to more of an artist so I just had time periods where you know for a certain time period this artist was my favorite artist and then um for a second you know time period it'd be like another artist and I wouldn't like stop listening to that previous artist that was my favorite but I would just you know I kind of listened in sections for for a while
0: Okay, I fully understand it because you'll be put onto a certain movement. Like you can go from like a camera and dip movement, and then you discover like a duck down movement. And it's like, oh, okay, so this is what I like now. But it's, and like I said, when discovered, you discover other kinds of hip hop. It's not just like party party or story story. Like there's actually a concept album, which I love.
1: Right.
0: Now, I understand now too. Um, I was going to ask you about the foodie loops then, but you kind of already answered that now too. Now, how did the name, when I listened to your interviews, I noticed that they never really asked you right off to start. Why the name Cartoon Beats? Like that's one of the, when I see that name, I'm like, I already know it, this guy's going to come up
1: with. <laughs> well, I think you're the first one to actually ask that. So that's a, that's a great question. And it's um, one I kind of been waiting for somebody to ask, but um, the, name is, uh, the name is as it is. It's, um, it's a spin off of the word cartoon I'm like a big cartoon fan. I always have been, even though I'm, you know, an adult now. I still I'll still watch like uh any animated um Justice League, Batman movie that comes out, even some of the animated Mortal Kombat movies, Street Fighters, um, X Men, all of that. Like I've always been like a big uh like a really big fan of um cartoons. Um so I was thinking of a, like a producer name for myself and I just wanted to um, you know, kind of give myself something that, you know, represented um you know a little bit of like who I am like outside of music yeah kind of tied it in so I took the word cartoon and made it like you know the tune part as tune as for, music. For music right
0: okay see like I like how you explained it like that now too he's like I just switched like that because it was cool because you wanted something from your personal life to resonate with your music right now I like how you said like anime street fighter now like because i remember like all like the dc animated universe like i watched watch all that so i was like yeah okay he knows what i'm talking about yep still watching i mean you both brother it's okay man it's cool nowadays now i remember like when you're first like starting off on social media like i remember like even discovering Twitter. like i'm not gonna learn how to use this but it's kind of funny how twitter survived throughout the years now too now when you first made your Twitter, did you automatically
1: know, like, I'm going to use it as cartoon games"? Um, I had one. I had a Twitter, like a regular, I guess you could say, like a personal Twitter. I had that for, that lasted maybe like a month. But that kind of gave me the idea of like what Twitter was and how it can be used. Um, so once I decided to take, um, you know, music production serious and try to, you know, network a little bit, see what I can do. Absolutely. I went into, you know, I made my Twitter as Cartoon Beats and that social media app, you know, without that app, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be where, you know, I am right. right now, which is, you know, being able to connect with some of these artists and climb the ladder. So Twitter actually played a very big role in, you know, my, you know, my advancement. Brad, right. you got to love
0: the internet for that. Now, now I understand now too. Like Twitter, like I remember, I also before I got into media, I had like the personal Twitter, like kind of what you had. But I remember oh nine Twitter. Do you remember like oh nine Twitter and like the twenty ten and like when Fabulous was tweeting all the jokes? Like ah, Twitter was a great time.
1: Um, I honestly, I don't, I didn't make my um, my my cartoon bees Twitter. That was like twenty eleven. Oh okay. a lot of that, yeah, a lot of that was still going on at the time that I created it. So, you know, Twitter was a when Twitter first started, it was a, a, it was a great, it was a great thing. It was a pretty interesting time.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, uh, it was a time that can never be replicated. Now, yeah. I understand when when coming up with like, with your twin brother, like, did you guys like have a conversation on Because like, I understand he produces too, but I, yeah. like, did you guys both at the same time? Because like, we're we're
1: gonna do this yeah we both decided um you know because uh like when we first started making beats he was like the buffer i would send him what i make he sent me what he he would make and you know we kind of grade each other on how we thought it was and things like that but um yeah we both decided to take it serious at the same time because we both you know just said you know why not you know what do we have to lose you know all the reviews that we got for you know some of the beats we made when we first started they weren't bad you know so um uh, I started like maybe a little bit before him. Okay. Um, but not very much. Yeah. Like, may, like honestly, I was probably a little bit more serious about it for like the first, you know, month. But, you know, he, he we wanted to follow suit as well. So. Okay. That's great to hear. Like, how you can, like, even he's like, well, like, he's sticking with it.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm getting to this too. So that's good to hear. Yeah. Now, when, when coming up, like you said, like everyone discovers their music now too. but do you remember like when you said like some of the beats that you were getting good feedback on were they like just beats that you were sending
1: out or were you sending them to actually like local artists um i like i found like a couple of artists through like facebook because that was back when facebook was like a um a good like marketing tool for like music and stuff like that so i, I worked with um like a a, a couple like they weren't even local to me, but um like a couple of like local artists from like the city. That's kind of how I started. And then from there I took it, um, you know, I kind of transitioned into, you know, just trying to broaden my reach. And, you know, you take like, you know, you take chances that on Twitter, people were posting a lot more emails, submissions for beats and stuff at that time. So it was kind of like a, like a race, literally. Like, you know, somebody yeah. posts an email, that email fill, fills up and you know, like minutes sometimes so as soon as you see it you kind of have to have your beats ready send and then hope it gets through and then on top of that then you got to hope that you hear back but that was pretty much you know that was pretty much my process and how that started so
0: yeah it's like uh there was a saying i was like it's like when you see it it's like uh get ready you ain't got get ready stay ready so you ain't gotta get right and that that's, takes a lot of talent for a producer now, too, because, like, it's a certain artist that you, like, you see on there, and then you you got to make sure that you understand that artist's sound. So you have, to, have mm-hmm. to make sure the right sound of beats are ready to go at that certain time. Yep, absolutely. Okay, that's good to hear. And I also, like, when I was doing my research on YouTube, like, with the emails, you also brought up the topic about not being afraid of following up, because sometimes a lot of people get discouraged, like, even, like, with media, like, you may have to reach out a couple of times for things to happen. So like, what's the way, what's worth following up and how important is that to you? Because I find that like very important because people like, oh, you're just begging. It's like, no, it's being professional.
1: Right, um, you know, it's like, if you, you know, you you, you get a contact from an artist, it's like, some, and that's different. It's, it's, it's harder to follow up if somebody posts a public email and says send beats. But if, you know, if they answer a DM and they send you an email back, um, you know, you send beats, Um, usually, like, they'll respond, like, right there, um, saying, hey, this is the email, you say, okay, I'm going to send you something, and then, like, you send it. Um, Typically, if I don't hear anything, um, I give it, like, you know, I give it a little bit, and then I follow up, because what I've found is that, you know, artists are, like, very busy, they're doing a million different things at once, they're getting thousands of emails, thousands of texts, a lot of times, it may not even be that, you know, they think your beats, are bad it, they literally might have, have gotten a chance to listen to them so follow-up for me is very important and I, I don't have you know too much of the ego um you know to to reach out and say hey um I sent those beats through just want to double check to make sure you got them or you got a chance to um you know to listen to them I I don't you know I don't see like any harm in doing that and I think it's you know you kind of have you have to run it like a business and you know professionally so that's that's what I do.
0: Yeah, and, and it's not like you're hitting them up. It's like, oh, so you think my beats are whack? It's like, no, it's like you're just actually generally question because it it's like the slightest thing. Like they may be looking at their phone and like somebody
1: may tap them on the shoulder. And then it's like, it's like little things like that. Yep, that's literally all it takes. You know, you can, or, you know, they can be looking through their email. They get up for a second. And by the time they get back to their emails, 10 more came in. So they were about to click on yours, but, you know, it's gone. Um, So, you know, all those things you have to take into account. So, you know, I I personally, I like to, I like to follow up with anybody that I send. That's
0: good to know, because it shows that you're serious and you're passionate about it now, too, because a lot of people, when they don't hear back, it's like, oh, okay, but like, everyone, if you listen,
1: it's okay to follow up. yeah as long as you're not like you know blowing them up every single day did you check did you check did you check (laughs) you know you could could, like i like i give it i give it um you know a few days to a week um and then i try to like follow back up you know i mean i I, like i said i just think that's just like the the best approach to at least make sure you gave yourself a chance to be heard you know of course now this is like a
0: it's an experience that I actually uh, experienced because I, I'm only four years into media, but everybody remembers who gave them their first shot at their dream. Everybody does. So I was curious about with you, like, do you, who was the first person to give Cartoon Beats his shot at his dreams? At, um,
1: at what, sending Beats? Or you said,
0: or? or oh, sorry. I'm um, actually like wrapping over your production and like putting it out so people can, it, it could be local or big like whatever person like sticks you
1: gave in your first shot um i gotta think who was the first one to actually rap out and put out a song i think it was an artist from staten island his name was lou hefner i think it was um i think it was him the first one to actually put out like a record um but uh yeah i believe it was i believe it was him
0: Like, right, because when i i youtubed your name because i just wanted to see like how long you've been doing it and i've been seeing like Beast from, like seven years ago or like six years ago, I was like, wow, he's, he's been active for a long time now too, but a lot of people sometimes it just takes the right artist to discover that producer.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, I had, I was, you know, it can, production, music industry in any shape or form, media, it can all get discouraging. And I had, you know, in between the time that I decided I wanted to take producing serious up until today, you know, I had like so many different things going on between also still being a college athlete, um, oh, yeah. getting my, you know, getting a bachelor's degree, moving, kind of just figuring out life in between, you know. So there were like periods of time where, you know, I'm, I'm, I was, uh, you know, a little dormant, but I, I never like stopped for like a complete, you know, year. I, might not, I've, I probably had years where I was more consistent than other years, but, you know, I never just completely, um, you know, never just completely stopped. Yeah, because like sometimes like it's like what you said life
0: gets in the way. So it's just like I can't just do beats all the time. I gotta go out and get lights together now too. But that's good that you stick with it now too. Like you don't let it discourage you. It's like, oh, I'm tired.
1: Right. I mean, once you start to get to like a certain point and you start to see um, you know, like the like the benefits of it, I always noticed that um, you know, the high like the highest percentage of effort and work I put in is usually when I see results and you know sometimes you can catch yourself not doing as much as you should but i noticed there's never been a time where i gave like 120 percent and i didn't get um results and that's a that's a blessing and a gift because you know there are producers out there that are giving 150 percent and they're tr- like you know they're really going at it and you know they don't always they they do that and sometimes they don't get results you know so that can be even more discouraging for, for producers plus personally- like
0: I I I can do producing, but it takes a lot of patience to produce because I seen people I, I try, so I was like, I don't have the patience for this. So when when you're producing, have
1: you ever fully produced an album for an artist? Um no, but I'm actually I'm working on one now. Okay. Could you is it a like an underground artist?
0: Uh yes, uh RJ Payne. Oh wow, okay, yeah. Salute salute payne. I see you, okay. We're, we're gonna yeah. do bigger names Sorry. after, but um But coming up now, too, like, have you imagined, like, producing a full album for an artist? Or did you just think, like, I'll be producing, like, singles and album cuts, like, on a producer project?
1: Oh, no, I've always wanted to produce um, a whole album for, you know, multiple artists, not even just, like, the typical underground boom bap, but maybe, like, trap artists. Because one of the things I like to pride myself on is – my diversity in production which you know people haven't necessarily got to see yet but as I progress you know they will um to like you know the different styles of beats that I can make like I, I don't like to think of myself as um one-dimensional and again you know through like through time and over time you know I think um that'll start to, to show yeah because like if you stick to a certain sound it's like
0: that's your lane but if you want to experiment with other sounds like I remember when you said that one of your influences was Lex Luger. Now, if you, y'all don't remember Lex Luger, the the close to sovereign. maybe you can name a better one, but the only one that I can think of is Lights Out by Fabulous.
1: Yeah. Um he Lex Luger was on um like a, a crazy run for a while. He early two 2010s. Yeah, around again, obviously around and I started taking it seriously around 20 2011. So um Yeah. He was like a big influence. Um, it was, I had FL studio for a while, but it was at that time that I realized that that's the program that he was using. And I saw all the success that he was like having, and I saw how he was using the program. And, um, he, you know, he definitely inspired me to, you know, to take it, you know, more serious. I watched like YouTube videos on him, and, you know, he kind of like was revealing. He wasn't, when he started he wasn't in like some huge intricate like studio or anything he just had his laptop fl studio you know some speakers if he had that and like some headphones and that's really all he needed to you know to get his start and i had all those things including you know what i consider my own talent so
0: oh see that's actually because like when you think producing like you people most think like
1: you need a studio like dre yeah, that is, um, I think that's like, the, that's a common uh, misconception for people that, um you know, aren't like super like involved, but you really don't need um, a ton, you know, I don't utilize like a ton, I got like a couple of speakers, there's times where, um you know, I've even just used like a pair of good headphones, but that's you know, really all you need um, these days, it's not like, you know, back in the day where you had to carry like the, you know, the big NPCs everywhere and hook it up. You know, it's a little bit more. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a little bit easier if you know how to, you know, use the program. Set. Oh, of course. Now
0: it's kind of <clears throat> crazy that you said that <clears throat> Lex Luger is one of your influences because, like, I always like to think like he was one of the pioneers for. I may get this out, but the hi hats when they're like going off, like. <clears throat> yep. I. Yep. Drum roll, hi hats. Yep.
1: Okay, so I know what to call. What do they call it, sir? I call them like drum roll. Hi hats, because you know it's a hi hat sound, but for them to hit that consecutively, it sounds like a drum roll. So yeah. that's what I call. It. Because we didn't
0: start hearing like that. I remember when that sound came out. Like I was like, like Gucci, Jeezy. Like I remember, I wanted artists to rap over those beats so bad back then.
1: Yeah.
0: So would you? So would you say like Lex Luger is like one of the leading
1: founders of that movement of that sound? Um, I say. I would say so, at least to me, because that's where I heard them the most like prominently, like with him and um South Southside. Him and Southside. They were both oh, big right. influences. Southside
0: is 808 mafia too, right? Right, yep. Yeah, because I remember like TM eighty-eight. There's a yep. lot. yeah, yeah. And I you, I always remember that 808 mafia. Mm-hmm. Nope, yep, that classic tag. Yes. Now, I like how you brought that up now, too, because one of your influences, Alchemist, now, too, like, and Alchemist has that classic, so like, it's like a just blaze, like, like, you can recognize that anywhere when you hear it. So have you ever played around with the idea where, for, like, a producer tag? Or did you, or like, or do you have one and you only put on certain songs? Like how
1: um, I do. Uh, my producer tag is on everything that I've done except for the most recent Lloyd Banks album, actually. Oh, okay. And, um, I actually had, um, a fan recognize, um, my tag, which I thought was pretty interesting because it's kind of like a coded, it's a coded message that I hope that as people listen, they kind of come across, but it just, um, it says the stutter, it's like cartoon, but if you listen to the voice, um, it's from Cartoon Network and it's from Ed, Ed and Eddie, where, um, you know, the classic, uh, cartoon cartoon yeah uh, before it led into like um like the start of a cartoon episode like johnny bravo dexter's laboratory oh, yeah. so i actually use that as my tag so i bet you find it like
0: funny when artists use like uh um, cartoon characters as like references like i remember when uh joe budden and roy i think it was royce who did saigon when he's like you big up top with skinny legs. Come on, Johnny Bravo. Like when, when, like you only have to watch cartoons to catch lines like that. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, this is probably an obvious question, but uh, have you ever like have you sampled cartoons before? Like certain lines
1: of cartoons. Um, like, uh, like vocals. Yeah. Sorry. Um, good question. I'm trying to think. Outside of my, outside of my beat tag. No, I don't think I have not into, um, you know, not into like any beats, at least not recently, but thanks for, you know, thanks for jogging the idea. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Anytime, you know, I like to say your anime has some of the best lines when you can you sometimes
0: like when you watch like a movie or something like that, they have like that certain line and it, it would stick out with you. That's why I kind of wondered if like you ever for any like like a South Park or like Ed Ed and Eddie or like, you know, I'm pretty sure you know Angela Abacon. But,
1: yeah, like um I've I've used like a couple of clips. I haven't in a while. Um, but I've used like a couple of clips from like movies as intros and stuff like that. But you know how my mind is working, I'm always I'm usually thinking like, you know, clearance and all of that other stuff. So I, I haven't done it in a while. But um yeah, like those are like those are I get those type of creative ideas like, you know, pretty frequently.
0: Now coming up like I always, I said this in past interviews and to the artists on that label, I even said it too. Growing up for us, the shady aftermath era was a second era of death row for our generation because we didn't get to experience death row at its time of its hype because like we were young at the time, but now with the continuation of Dre, you know, shady aftermath, G Unit, we got to get like a second dose of what Death Row was like in the 90s. Now I always say like this movement. There would never be another movement like that because out of the
1: records they sold, like and the mixtapes. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Like my full grasp on hip hop was, like you know, the 50 Cent era, G Unit era, um, and I definitely agree. I, there will never be another time like that. Like, like the span of like Eminem up until. You know when music changed all oh, started to change over to like streams and stuff but that era that was for me that was like you know the beginning and middle of like high school and all that but it was also when there was just um like an insane amount of like physical copies being sold for you and, like i missed that right I, yeah I, like i i missed like um Like you had to be dedicated, you had to wake up, you had to get online, when the album came out, you had to wait and then you go physically buy it. And I think, um, I personally think it meant a little bit more when you bought that CD because you were invested. Like now, because it's digital streaming, if you don't like an album, you literally never have to listen again. Like you don't have to listen again. When you buy a CD, you already buy, you know, unless you're gonna go return it, you know, you really, you have it. So you take your time. And even if you, you pass over a track that um you might not like on the first listen, you know, you just were more invested in listening to and through whole projects and then listening over and over again. So I kind of feel like, you know, the value on music was a lot higher during that era. That's just my opinion.
0: No, I, I fully agree with you now because like even like I like how you said that like, there may not be a track that you may listen to because I remember to Beg for Mercy, Eye for an Eye, I remember I used to always skip that track, but when you have the actual CD and you're bored and you don't have access to it because it's not accessible like that, it's like, it, it grows on you throughout time. Right. Right. I, I'll say what, no, banks. Uh when the Chips ain't down featuring the game, that's song still ceiling growing on me. A lot of other songs have growing on me. But, um, i like how you said that too because like that was that's an error like a, like a blockbuster error that like that could never like it can still be replicated because like but it's not like as in demand as it was because we had this uh store it was like the cd stores that like they're like Walmart but they're called hmv and you could go listen to the actual cd before you buy it oh yeah,
1: yeah 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 i remember that i've done that a couple of times um it was like the virgin mega store like um where they had like like the CDs out like on the wall and you could like put the headphones on and listen. So yeah, I remember that time too. I mean, um, I remember that was um, around when I was in high school. I remember going in there and I wouldn't leave like the store for like me and my brother wouldn't leave the store for a couple of hours because we just stuck there listening through like a whole CD. But that,
0: that was the time back then now too, because like what you hear a song you just want is like, Okay, do I fully want to say, am I going to go back to it?
1: Right, right. Okay.
0: Now, um, if, it, if it cuts out, we're just going to come back and rejoin because uh, Zoom don't sponsor us at the moment. Okay. Um, but uh, I like how you said now, too. So the Shady Aftermath error, like, that was one hell of an era now, too. Did you have, like, because I remember my first CD was 2001. That's what started it off. But, like, did you have, like, A favorite type of like label back then, like with like Shady, Aftermath, or G Unit. I remember if Game would have stuck with it, you could probably agree with me on this. If Game would have stuck with Jay, he would have got his own Black Wall Street.
1: Yeah, I mean, like for, for with me, like everything up to and after like the Eminem era, like Eminem, I was a huge Eminem fan. Eminem led to 50 Cent, which led to G Unit, you know, so that was probably my favorite um, um at the time that was probably like one of my favorite eras and that's like discounting me listening to like you know the locks dmx Nas, um you know because all of that stuff i heard and i still listened to you know as i got older but for the music that grew with like with me it was um during you know it was it was during that era oh wow i see like we don't really hear that nowadays,
0: like it was Eminem, like cause like you'll obviously like Eminem. I like Eminem, but it's like we don't really hear now it's cool to sound there. It's like, dude, like this guy loves hip hop more than people who actually are in hip hop.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. and no, I, I have noticed that um, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, I think people kind of almost discredit like Eminem a little bit more than they probably should these days, but I, I really, I think um, a lot of it is, it's kind of like sheep. I feel like, you know, they'll see like an opinion somewhere and then because it's on social media, if it has, you know, it has a couple of likes or whatever, they'll be like, hey, you know what, maybe this person is right. I think um, social media makes it a little bit harder for people to remain opinionated in their opinion. And I think, you know, people don't like to think that they're swayed via music but they are and i think you know i could go on like a whole spiel about how that's changed um music numbers and yeah. streaming and all that stuff and all that stuff it is like almost like a psychological effect how social media plays into you know when things do well and when they don't now did you like obviously you kept throughout the label throughout time now on those
0: labels there was artists who were signed to it but didn't drop was there like a certain artist that you were waiting for from one of those labels to drop but didn't drop?
1: Uh, I can't think I mean I was uh, um not really I mean I like I had the OB I had OB Tri I had all his album everybody E. 12 albums again it started off with like Eminem and he there was just like a branch to where you know, everything came after that, like the 50 Cent leads you to everything with G Unit, and you know, every under Eminem and Dr. Dre. After that, it kind of like, you know, I like I listened to so much music that it was hard to say there was like you know stuff that I missed, which I'm sure you know there was, but I was just listening so much that it really didn't feel like. Now, like now, even with music, like being like, I don't like to say music
0: is disposable now with streaming. Now, but like it's like what you said now too. It'll be like you don't ever have to listen to an album again. So, like in a way, streaming it helped and it hurt hip-hop because we can find albums that we can never find on CDs.
1: That's true. So yes, it's like it gives people, it gives so many more people like accessibility to the music, but the attention span is so short that again, you know, you can, um, you can skip over. Like I said, you're more invested when you go buy a physical um, CD and you got a CD player and it's in your house, you bought it, you're not returning it. You kind of got to listen to it. You have limited, you know, you have more of a limited supply of, you know, music. I think it kind of forced people to be more invested and listen, like thoroughly listen through. Um, you know, before saying that they'll never listen to it again. I mean, cause even like, you know, if if there was like a combination of like streaming and physical copies, like all of these people would be like diamond because you know, you had you bought a CD and you you'd listen to it till you learn almost all the words for, you know, almost all the songs. Yeah. So you have to put like you know, you have to play that song like, you know, like pretty consistently. So I think that's another thing that's kind of overlooked um about the physical era of cds too like again that's all you had so you know you drive all over the place like maybe with what like a, if you were up to speed you had like a three four cd changer whatever it was oh i remember and, those yeah yeah and that's all that's all you could um so you could listen to so i like it i <laughs> like yeah it's been a while since <laughs> there was slot six um do you remember,
0: and also <laughs> another time that can never be replicated now, too, also with um, copyright and, I guess, like, really physical is mixtapes now because we got to experience, like, mixtapes, mixtapes. Right. We're mixed CDs, yeah. so we didn't actually have cassettes, but, like, everyone knows what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, and I, that was, like, its own separate era where... um you know it was technically well not technically it, it, for, it was free but it was creating um a higher demand for the stuff that wasn't free yeah so. yeah
0: yeah because like even like you can find an artist through a like because like it's kind of crazy how big gangster grills go throughout the years because we seen that from the start right
1: so right.
0: like when we see like like everybody wanted a gangster build. it's like do you, you guys remember like some of y'all
1: have gangster right right yeah i think and i but what i see is like i almost feel like um everything works in cycles it seems like in uh-huh. fashion and music like a lot of like retro clothes or things are coming back and music a lot of like the retro uh, classic hip-hop sound is kind of making like a resurgence um and I think um, like just, I think nostalgia is like a very powerful, powerful tool and part of music um, because, you know, it allows you to kind of like almost recreate, you know, like the past at a time in the present and give some of the people that hasn't experienced it at least like a little kind of glimpse of what that is. Yeah, like, because even like, like, if,
0: like, even the phone, like, just like, Sidekicks, like how it's, it's crazy how like the world yeah. The one thing I don't miss though is like the the five XL error Like yeah, I had so, all a little.
1: Oh yeah, I'm a little looking back. It was a little cringe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the double. The double ed- T-shirts
0: where you can know you can see the sleeve longer than the yeah, the
1: long, the long shorts that almost could pass for jeans and the big. <laughs> yeah. and the looking back, has it goes, that cover your eyes. Yup, know, go like right over your head, over your ears too. <laughs> yeah,
0: like we were talking about before, like the aftermath era. That was a really great era too. So, um, I was curious. Like, I'm gonna ask about Lloyd Banks, but I I want to know like. When you knew you got the Lloyd Banks placement, did you immediately tell your brother? Because you guys grew up with that So
1: Yeah, he was the first person I
0: told. <laughs> then, yeah, when's it coming out? When's it coming out?
1: Yeah, the first one I got, he was um, he was obviously like the first person I told, and then I told like you know my girlfriend, and a couple of other, um, a couple of other people. I didn't tell like a ton of people because I wasn't sure if it was final. But then um. Uh, you know, I tw- I tweeted, because at this time, obviously, he didn't follow me. And I sent uh, sent the beat through his engineer. I tweeted, I was like, I'm pretty sure I just heard I got a song with, like, Lloyd Banks. And then Lloyd Banks retweeted it, and he followed me. So, I, at that point, I knew that, um, you know, he was definitely going to use whatever, you know, he recorded. So.
0: Now, what we were talking about before, like, so when I did my research on you, I understood, like, you seen the email go out. But you also reached out to his engineer, too. Do you think that if you didn't follow up, I mean, sorry, if you didn't see that email or follow up by finding the engineer on IG, do you think it would have went different?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, at that point, I, I'd i sent like Lloyd Banks a DM like probably like a year ago, but he wasn't following me just um, inquiring to send beats because that's one thing I do. I reach out. I'm not like one of those people that's worried about how to look later. Um, you know, when you reach out to an artist like, hey, what's up? Definitely want to send you like some production. Like I've sent that to, you know, literally hundreds and hundreds of artists, major, small, um, you know, because sometimes you get going an answer, sometimes you won't. But um, I think um, that is definitely, it's not like a super high percentage. Um, it's not a high percentage way so you got to be innovative and sometimes you got to find people that maybe have a little less followers um, so they're more inclined to actually see the message um, and you know I, I like again I reached out and found like Lloyd Banks' engineer uh, Jason at the time and um, that's how I got the first placement
0: now I understand there was streaming logs that he heard there because very sweet that he did
1: over it right yeah that was yeah that was the first one
0: now when when you like See, this is what I like about your production now too because when you hear the production on the Questy edible I'm like that's the Alchemist influence right there?
1: Yeah, it was um a lot of like the grimy um like just like the grimy like, you know, that type of that type of feel. Well, yeah, I mean, like him, like obviously all the like the the producers, they have, you know, they've obviously they've um, you know, they've had their influence as well. Um but at the time, you know, I tried to also think about, you know, sending him what I could hear him on and what I feel like he would like, you know, rap on the most. You know, I felt like it wasn't the time, at least, you know, to be like super creative and try to send something off the wall to grab his attention. You, When I first start sending somebody beats, I try to send them stuff that um, is like, you know, kind of similar to stuff that they've used you know, before just to kind of you know initially grab you know their attention in their ear. Could you understand your sound? Know? Yeah, absolutely. I and I, I try um I try to honestly listen to most of a whole project or at least like the last five songs somebody put out before I even DM them or send them a message asking to send beats, which um you know I don't I don't know if a lot of people do that. Because it doesn't seem like it. You know, I, I see artists post stuff all the time saying like you guys are sending me like so and so kind of beats. Like these aren't like the kind of beats I use. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, people are like they're trying to be like so quick with it that, you know, but you know, you gotta you kind of shoot yourself in the foot at that point because, you know, um that could be like your shot. And then, you know, they may they might not never listen to anything you send them again, you know. So I think it's important to try to like listen to the people. I'm you sure going to send beats, listen to them first and then, you know, always try to check their most recent song that they have out. That's like, you know, that's what I do.
0: Okay. That's good tips for anyone watching out there. Now, I like how we talked about how everything goes in cycles now, too. Now, when you said that you reached out to Lloyd Bank because, like, you see the DM from before he was following you. But do you think, like, if you were to start at that time, it would have been different production? Because like Griselda, you, like this Griselda sound is like. You know, I always say Rock Marciano inspired that way, but like, do you think that if he would have picture production around that time, it would have been different from what we heard now?
1: Um. Honestly, I I would say yeah, because I was very in intu- I would. There's no way I wouldn't have known what to send Lloyd Banks because I listened to him, you know, so much. And even though, um you know hip-hop and the sound has changed he has a very consistent sound so I would I kind of feel like I'd always have an idea of um you know like what to send him I don't I I feel like you know even if it was like the previous year but I had a chance to send him something I think you know I think he would ended up taking it now
0: when landing on your production like because it's not treated as a mixtape and we all know Banks mixtape. They pretty much sound like albums, But when he says it's mixtape, it's a mixtape. Hey, we ain't arguing. But when he says it's an album now, too, like, what was that feeling like knowing that you got production on an album that he considers an album that you threw up listening to? Like, what, what was that feeling? Like?
1: Oh, it was a great feeling. I was excited to um, just to hear it, you know, just to hear like him on like my beat. Cause um, you know, even if I like the Course the Inevitable One was like his return from like a, a long hiatus. And even if I didn't have three songs on there, I was definitely gonna listen to that album and listen intently and closely like I did with um his other um his other stuff. So just to be like a part of like that moment, because I think that was definitely a a hip hop like moment. And it to be yeah, and to be, you know, almost, like, a, like considerably, like, a lead for that moment, because, you know, I had three, I was the only producer that had three, um, three songs on that project, so um, it was, like, it was definitely, it was, it was definitely a good feeling, because it was somebody that, you know, I had, like, like you said, grown up, like, listening to, and, um, you know, I, I was definitely glad to be a part of it. Now, for uh, people who don't know, what song did you produce on that album? Um, I did uh, sidewalks, um, empathy with Freddie Gibbs, and then Falsify with Ransom.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. shout out to Ransom right there. He's been on the show too. Uh, so, knowing that, not one, not two, but three that you got on there. Like, when you, when did you find out? Like, you put the features on, like, like
1: everybody else. Um. Yeah. For for the Freddie Gibbs one. That was like a last minute. Because I remember he
0: tweeted something and then Gibbs responded to that.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, that came late. So I didn't know about, I found that out when he posted like an updated credit list on um, Instagram. So that's when I found out about that. Um, but after like, you know, like we got all like the, uh, like the paperwork and stuff situated. That's when I knew about the um, the features for like the first one. Uh, which was uh, first was Ransom, and then I thought I had you know, then I knew I had two other songs, and then um, one like Empathy featured like Freddie Gibbs, and I was like probably like the day or two before like the album actually released, so that was um, that was a big moment too because um, Freddie Gibbs is obviously you know, he's a very successful and big artist, but Freddie Gibbs is also somebody that I um started to build a relationship back with um, back in the day um through twitter uh like we followed each other um he gave me his email i sent him two beats um and he said he wanted to use them. he sent me like his number and then um after that things just kind of like dematerialized i know he had like legal stuff going on and we kind of just lost touch but i just thought it was like ironic um that i ended up getting yeah full circle i ended up getting like a, a song with him on it um through lloyd bing so I thought that was, a, that was a cool moment, too. I believe,
0: like, that's how the universe works.
1: Like, when you want something, you put it
0: out there. It may not come at that certain right. moment, but sometimes you just never know. Like If you really want it, if it's, like, really in your heart, it will come full circle. Right. Now, right. even, like, with, like, producing for, like, somebody like that, like, I, like, after the album comes out now, too, like, we don't even think about the second one now, too, but, like, Did you follow up with him? Like, did you say, like, yo,
1: I appreciate it? And I was like, yo, can I send more? Absolutely. Um, And I had to stay, I had to stay consistent with it, too, because obviously, you know, people get busy. There's a lot that goes on. And, you know, I had, um, he followed me. At that time, he only followed me on, uh, like, Twitter. So um, after the album came out, I told him what I thought of the album and stuff. And, um, uh, you know, I was just like, um, I got a ton more, um, to send and I kept, I kept sending, I kept sending, um, and I stayed consistent. So, I mean, even after the album came out, I was still sending as consistently as I was to get the, um, you know, to get the placements originally. So it was definitely, you know, um, groundwork on like my part, but that's also, um, that's how he works too. He, you know, he's consistently, consistently working on stuff.
0: And so I understand that you, he had a meet and greet and you went and seen him at
1: one of them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah He had, um, he had a show actually on Long Island. Cause that's where, that's where I lived. The show was like super close to where I live. So, um, I followed up by going to, um, the show that he was doing. There was like a meet and greet after, um, I reached out to, uh, like some people that I knew that were like helping, like hosted to see if I could like, you know, get in there. Um, and get, like, access and stuff like that, um, so they got me in, and then, you know, I waited until he was done, you know, taking care of, like, all his fans and stuff, and then I spoke with him, um, like, after and stuff, and, you know, introduced myself in person, so, you know, I was just another way to follow up, and to try to ensure that you follow up so you can, um, you know, keep a consistent line of work, because what I'm even learning now, like, um, you know, seeing somebody and meeting them in person, it, it does go a long way. Oh yeah, because you can sense the energy like are face to face with them. Right,
0: right. Oh, you're a nice guy. Wait until he's done I'm waiting till he's done meeting this path and stuff like that. Wow, you're a nice guy, man. I would would be I mean, I'm like, I hope this guy don't get tired after all this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of figured that too, but I, I know his fans, like, you know, they paid um, you know, they, they you know, they paid for the show and they paid yeah. for that stuff. So, you know, to me, like, you know, I get in business first on that end and stuff and you know i knew eventually even if i didn't get to see him at that point i knew that you know we figured out enough right be consistent enough to at some point hopefully cross paths now like
0: even like with their course and then been my bad i'm just gonna call it cody i don't want to stutter it now uh <laughs> for cody too now too i understand now too like like you pretty much produced half that album right it's crazy now too but also now too like how did you find out? Like like was it like piece by piece you sent him beats for it? Or did you like just find out like I'm using these ones and he just gave you like the final once he
1: would No, it was um beat by beat. Um I got like um in like a like kind of like a groove I was sending him a lot because he um he uh hit me off, like on Instagram. He was like, I'm back to writing like heavy, start um, you know, keep flooding my email, send me like beats. Oh, yes, huh oh he had you too yeah so he felt like he followed up like um um because i was oh i was like there was a time where like i'm sure he took like a little break after the album to you know kind of like decompress and stuff i was still sending during that time but um then he specifically reached out and was like yeah i'm back to work um you know keep sending so you know i, I started sending and um like, he was, he works quick. Like, I send, like, a beat that, and he would tell me, like, yo, I really like this beat. And he'd have, like, you know, the song recorded and done, like, sometimes within, like, hours and say, <laughs> all right, hold that one. Like, um, he was like, all right, so we got one, keep sending. And I send more. And I just got and I got, like, you know, got consistent. Like, I guess I consistently was finding a sound that he was looking for. And then, um, like, they piled up. And we, you know, we got, like, a ton of records, a ton of records done.
0: Do you think, like, because you met him in person, he kind of senses, like, your energy. It's like, man, there's a good guy right here. Like, do you think, like, that also helped, too?
1: Um, I think that it does. Like, I think it helps in a lot of situations because, um, you know, like you said, it's different when you meet somebody in person. You can kind of sense, like, their vibes. And, you know, Um, so I definitely think, and he's very, he's, like, a very low-key, like laid back, like type of person. And he seems like he does kind of work off of like, you know, people's vibes and energy. So I think, you know, I think meeting him in person definitely did, um, definitely did help. Yeah. I like how too,
0: Like <clears throat> you could be cocky and like, I did this, I did this, but I like how you're humbled and you're like, you know, I'm grateful for that moment. So it's good to know that there's people still out there who are, Grateful for the opportunity, and not just like I did this, so now I'm done. It's it's good to see that nowadays because it can also inspire somebody who actually like found you because of it.
1: Right, um, and I think um, I think a lot of that stuff is like you know it's kind of like personality based, and you know I try not to um, I try not to diminish anything I've done either. Um, you know it is obviously to work with a multi platinum artist like that is is a big deal. And you know he's selective with who he wants to work with and his beats and things like that. So it's a big deal. But to me, um, you know, I just I have so much that I want to do like in music. And you know, for me, everything is just like a step. And you know, once I accomplish something, I'm already kind of looking, um, you know, kind of looking ahead to the next. Um, a bit of a gift and a curse. I'm trying to be more present in the moments where I do have like you know, um, amazing like moments like producing over half an album. From, yeah, um, like yeah, Lloyd Banks and things like that. But um, you know, I also try to say like, this was great. This was um, this was excellent. Um, but you know, I, I want to do a whole album, or I want to you know move up the ladder, and you know, I want to do multiple whole albums. So that's I just keep everything in perspective for myself. So it's easy to keep yourself humble that way.
0: Sounds good to know. I and mean, even like with like recording too, like like. I like how an artist like him, like they'll give an upcoming producer like you a shot. And like that shows like the genuine character. He even said it on Twitter. He's like, Y'all know me. I give upcoming producers their shot now too. But for them to put like a feature like a Benny the Butcher or like a Conway the machine on your production must build your confidence too. It's like, cause they didn't have to, he's like, I'm keeping this one for myself. And they put the feature on like a more well-known producer.
1: Right. I, um, I sense that like Lloyd Banks is, he's an artist, artist. And I say that, um, you know, not to like disrespect any other artist, but I think he wants the best sound that suits him that he can use. And he doesn't, he's one of those people that truly doesn't care if you're a, a quadruple platinum producer or you got two followers on Instagram, if it's the sound that he's looking for and he likes it. I feel like he'll use it. And, and another thing that's full circle now
0: too, because I always say this. Maybe somebody, you probably agree. Now, this Eminem produced some of Boyd Banks' best songs, and so I'm apart from you. But Eminem produced some of his most like well-known songs that we know. Right. So when 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 look back on it now too, like we all know there's gonna be a Cody Three. So Banks, yo, can you get my guy Cody Three, man? Because yo, we. We love your production on this. Like, socialized. I recently got a video, man. Like, like I like how like when the certain beats that he picks from you, like now too. Like, do you have like, do you know that you were making those for him? Like, like I'm sending it for this, or just like kind of once
1: Like, I forgot about this. No, I I was um honestly I focused. my goal was to get as many songs as I could for Cody too. So I like you know I focus on I, like for. A, months every beat i made was for the intention of um get, sending two lloyd banks for that project and um that's why i ended up you know getting so many i was able to kind of lock in on like you know i guess my own sound but also his sound too um and just send consistently so um you know i was surprised i was like i wasn't surprised but at the same time i'm surprised because also as a producer you know when somebody records a song, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make the cut of the album. An album can be 14 songs and they have 50 songs that they have to cut down to the 14. So, you know, for like, you know, for you to get like that high percentage of the songs means that you were, you know, you were obviously making some, some high caliber um, music. And
0: dedication.
1: Right. Yep. Now was like Lloyd
0: Banks like the first well-known artist like that we like we heard or was it like R. J. Penn or Shane War or something like
1: that? Um, actually, no. Um, at the time, this was back in maybe 2012. Um, an artist by the name of Dricky Graham, he made the Snapbacks and Tattoo song. Oh, that song went, okay. This song went platinum. Um, as that song was blowing up, I was in touch with him, and I produced a couple of songs for him. Um the producer Drummer Boy had a song with like wow. DJ DJ Paul. I produced a song with him with DJ Paul from Three Six Mafia on it. Um, I'd have to like look back at some of like my older credits, but um I got I got to work with like a couple of um you know well known artists but um as far as um you know probably like the most recognizable at this point. Or at that point was um probably like Lloyd Banks. Um if I had to, you know, at least if I had to, you know, if I had to pick. Yeah, it's like what you say, you grow up yeah. person in some way. Cause like I'm pretty sure you said
0: that as a kid, like now too he's like, yeah, I want to work with them somehow.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how like when you listen to like people growing up, it's like, you know, it's 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 a little bit different, like um when you get to work with them. So definitely, you know, it holds its own weight. Yes, sir, I Floyd Banks being like the most recognizable artist
0: now too. Do you have any other other artists that you grew up listening to that you always want to work with?
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about um, like the shady area. I would love to work with like Eminem, obviously Fifty Cent. You know, when he gets back to music, there's really there's Nas, there's uh, there's a ton. Um, you know, like the Locks, Kiss, like there's so many and um. It's almost like I have like lists, like almost like section lists. I have like a list of people who I grew up listening to that, you know, that I def- I want to work with before like they retire. That I- There's newer artists that came out, like people like Logic that I also want to like um, work with, too. But I have like a pretty wide variety because it's not just like super lyrical people. Growl, growl, growl. Yeah, it's like, you know, mainstream artists that um you know who's hey, a mainstream how, 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 cartoon beats wants to work with uh drake the j coles the kendrick lamars um like little baby um you know those are all would be people that i'd, I'd love to work with do you have like a, a, a dream project that you want to do with somebody like that's like your bucket list goal um, right now, honestly, it's, uh, it is Nas. That can happen. I'd, I'd love to do like, um, like a song or even a whole, uh, project like with, um, with Nas because he was like, um, he was like, well, that, de- uh, like definitely like one of my favorites. Um, like the Jay-Z too, he's somebody like that. Um, but like Bucket Bucket List is definitely working with Nas.
0: Okay, and I like how you said like artists' names who are still active now too. Like we may not get albums from them every year, but over time they create that album, and you never know. Okay. And when other artists, they check out other artists. Because like you said, you want to work with deluxe and I know that Styles P and Banks they work closely too. So Styles P heard it. So what's the what's the what's the feeling like knowing like these artists? now know who you are because like someone
1: i'm obviously going to look up the produce but you know who, who produced um it was cool i mean i reached out to styles p after the course of the inevitable one um and i like he reached like he answered like i got his contact information he gave and me he his number and I, I started sending him stuff too so um he's like another one you like you grow up listening to and it's just kind of like um surreal like in the moment like i guess from on the outside of it, it's like wow, like that's Styles P, or like it's Lloyd Banks. Like while I'm like in the mindset of working, it's like okay, like you know, I need to get, you know, I gotta get some material. I gotta get, you know, I gotta get some songs done. Right, right. So uh, for me, it's uh, try not to take too much time in the like the um, you know the basking in the who it is while I try to like you know understand and recognize that it is an accomplishment. But for me, it's just like, you know, I have like goals. That I, my goal is bigger than, you know, just getting like the opportunity. The goal is to get like a song and then have it be a great song and be meaningful.
0: No, that's fully understandable. I get that. Now, with like, even like now too, like, I like how you said that there, because there's people who I interviewed, who I grew up with too, like interviewed Fairmont when it was like yeah, in my head, I'm like, yo, this is fair or like, MOP, but at the same time, though, you're keeping your composure and you're being professional, but, like, absolutely, you probably like, yo, that, that's crazy what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, with, especially with the Lloyd Banks stuff, because um, like, just listening to, like, his, like, lyrics and growing up on, like, his punchlines where I knew him by heart, I was, like, walking around, like, you know, <laughs> saying them to people and stuff, like, um there's like, you know, just to like hearing, you know, hearing him on like your beats and stuff and then making like the like the caliber of songs that he did like on Course of in the Inevitable Two was just like, wow, like did like, you know, this is cool. And it's not just cool because he's Lloyd Banks, it's cool because he's somebody that I, you know, literally grew up listening to. Yeah. It's like it's literally
0: a part of your
1: child. Right. Yeah, it is. Absolutely.
0: And like you see, it's good to know now too. Like your cartoon beats is a good guy now too. So for upcoming production that you know that's coming out, well, like, let's say finalized. Can you say any name? We have like RJ Payne. I seen like Shane Noir.
1: Um. Yeah. I did. Um. I did like the intro and like a skit on Shayna Noir's um Food for Thought album. For stuff I know coming out for sure. There's. There's. A, I've been. This is like older work and I'm just still waiting to come out. Uh, Conway's artist, Jay Skies. Okay. got um, three songs on his Abolished Uncertainty album. One of them has like Freeway on it. Um, me and RJ Payne, we're still finishing up uh, Leatherface 4. We just released um, Bring the Pain with Method Man and Inspect the Deck. And then we followed that up with uh, Bullets and Broken Glass. Featuring Bun B and Ice T, which I still think is pretty crazy that I got like Ice T, <laughs> like literally a the pioneer of like gangster hip hop, gangster rap. rap, dude, <laughs> rapping, me now. <laughs> rap exactly, rapping like on my beat, and uh, he actually like he followed me on like Twitter, and I reached out and said like that verse was like dope. He answered, so I thought that like you know I I think those like those little things, um like I said I try to take the moment to say like yeah they are cool, um. But yeah, R. j. Payne and um, well, he said it himself, so I think I can say it, yeah uh, Lloyd banks and we got a Lloyd banks and R j. Payne record that I produced All right. um, and, uh, I got um, stuff with um, Heme um, okay. uh, Le- yeah, Bane the butcher's artist. Um, I got a lot of stuff. um I've been working with um you I don't know if how big you are in like uh, like Atlanta rap uh Deontay Hitchcock I've been working with we got like a couple of songs done um, I'm just he's just uh waiting like for him to put stuff out um Kembe um from TDE or he works with like you know people yeah. affiliated with TDE um I got records with him done I got uh, I got a lot of stuff like you know I'm just kind of waiting on um to get out there um so I've just been staying like consistent I've been sending the styles whenever he's back in his um recording mode i'm hoping i could still get on some of his projects um master, so master. Master. yeah i'm hoping i could get on at least one of them but you know see if i can make that happen Uh been sent into like chic chic luch um oh, okay well yeah so right right now it's kind of just um a waiting game um and i know how that can be because again you can have like a record done and then it might not come out but um also want to uh, make sure I shout out my, my twin brother, who goes by 800 Hertz. Um, he actually, uh, he has two records done with Roddy Rich. Um, they haven't, you know, they haven't come out yet, but they are definitely done. Um, one of them, Roddy Rich actually put in a snippet, or somebody put in a snippet and they previewed it. Um, so obviously that's that's a huge, like that's a huge placement. So, you know, I'm hoping yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that ends up on his next project. Um, but, you know, in like interviews, when I do get the chance, I try to always make sure I shout out, like, you know, my brother and what he's doing and stuff like that, you know. Of course, well, of course uh, what's his producer name again? Uh, 800 Hertz. Yeah, okay, I'll make sure you go over at
0: 800 Hertz, man. A salute to you, 800. I see you too. I got to check out that Rowdy Rich. Now you may inspire me to listen to Rowdy Rich. <laughs> um, so Cartoon Beats, now, um, I really do appreciate taking out your time out of your day to do this for you. Um, I just want to let you know in the interview, I didn't want to make this all about Lloyd Biggs. I wanted to make this about you, because I know how some people are, they see you work for certain artists, but it's like, I wanted to know, like, the Cartoon Beats name, like, how you got into an artist that you listen to, so I'm glad that you're very informative and not standoff. so I salute you. And man, if you if you ever want to work with like somebody, man, if I have really because I can have relationships too, man. So if you ever want to work with an artist, man, if I see you post something on Twitter, I, I may talk to that artist. I'm like, hey, man, you should, should work with this guy, man. Man, be a good guy.
1: Definitely, um, I definitely appreciate that. Um, and we'll like, you know, we'll talk. I'm one of those people, again, I'm not too cool or too big to um, you know, bridge gaps if somebody can reach somebody that I can't. Um, again, I, I have like you know things I want to accomplish. I'm still building my resume. I have like goals I want to reach. So again, I'm not one of those people that's like too cool. Um, I'm like, oh no, I don't need anybody to do that for me. You know, I like I just I want to get my as long as I'm keeping my integrity. Um, you know, if I have like a goal, I just want to meet that goal and I'll get there. However, I need to as long as it's you know it's it's, it's in the right way. So I definitely appreciate that. And um, also, I appreciate you, um, you know, the questions that you asked, because, you know, they were, um, you know, like, person-centered with, you know, with me as an individual. But I also understand, like, you know, working with, like, these big artists that, um, you know, a lot of people, they're going to have questions. And especially somebody like Lloyd Banks, who's, like, you know, they consider him pretty, like, mysterious. There's going to yeah. be a lot of questions about, like, his process and things like that. So I, understand, I definitely understand it. It's good to know that's
0: understandable about that now too. Cause like, and another thing is now too like I won't ask anything, but the only thing I may ask you, your cartoon beach or you want to come back on the show, man. So like I'm very humble like that now too. So, like you said, if even if you are put me on, because I always one thing about me now too, I love discovering new artists and new producers. So if you ever have anybody that you figure that should be dope, that you know some people should listen to that they haven't got that shirt. So let me know, man, because you were all about being early on here. Like Shay Man, I remember Shay Du I think I interviewed her in 2019, 2018. I, I remember I said to her, Yo, girl, you are gonna be big in Melbourne. Yep, she's out of
1: here, yep. Super so, talented.
0: That's another thing that is too now, too. I what I realize is like I'm I understand like a person who has talent. Even before media, I knew certain artists were gonna blow. Like slaughterhouse, I always knew they were gonna be big. So when I see a producer like you making his rounds and making good rounds with like well-known names, I'm like, man, this guy's gonna be huge in five years. So you know, Cartoon Beats. I wish nothing but success. Welcome back on the show anytime. Is there anything you like to let the people know, sir?
1: Um, just um, my social media is Cartoon Beats, C-A-R-T-U-N-E-B-E-A-T-Z. I got an Instagram. I got a Twitter um go ahead follow me um and i appreciate everybody that reaches out and the support um and just you know my message for upcoming producers is stay consistent and keep going um you know it like the music industry can be you know difficult and discouraging but you only you only really lose when you stop and you quit and you give up so you know just you know keep going keep grinding and you know stay focused about oh, some information too. <laughs>
0: Man, curto man, you you're know, real one, man. Like I said, um, I'm gonna put all your information
1: in the description
0: below. So if y'all want to see him, do you have a website or anything?
1: Um, well, actually, I'm working on that right now. I'm, I'm working on a lot of different things, but yeah, I should have a website soon. I got like a link tree in my um uh, my bio on my Instagram with links to like a lot of the work that I've recently done. But yeah, I'm working on a website.
0: All right. Like I said, if you want to contact my man, it's in the link below, man. Come respectful. And hey, man, Cartoon Beats, man, I see Big things for you, man. Welcome back on the show anytime. Appreciate that, man. I'd love to come back. Of course, man. Anytime.